Well, we are today starting a new series called The Year of the Lord's Favor. And so to do that, why don't you open your Bibles, if you would, to the place where that phrase happens in the New Testament, and that is Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Again, if you've been thinking about, just while you're turning there, if you've been thinking about connecting with the church and the Lord's leading you to do that, we'd love to see you at the connecting class that is our membership class tonight, and we're actually doing it at our house. We've been doing it at the building for the last year, but tonight, anyway, we're doing it at our house, and so uh, we'd love to host you there and, uh, you know, just take the next steps there with, with uh, Christ Fellowship. Let's read this passage together, Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Jesus is in the synagogue at Nazareth. Lord, bless the reading of your word, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In the next few weeks here, this particular series that we're starting right now is going to be for four weeks, Lord willing. And then, so we're going to be talking about the mission of Jesus. That's kind of what's going on there. It's a a state, it's not the only place where Jesus says what he's come to do, but it's a a pretty clear statement where he's, he's laying out, hey, this is what I'm about. This, this prophecy from Isaiah chapter 61, Jesus is saying, this is about, it's about me. So we're talking about the mission of Jesus, and then we're going to talk about the mission of the church. Some, some, so these messages will come from Luke, and then we'll do Luke volume 2, a, little bit, a few messages from Acts. So for a few weeks, the mission of Jesus, the mission of the church, and all of that kind of with a constant reference to the power of the Holy Spirit. And part of that is, last year, right at the end of the year, the elders were praying and staff, and we were waiting on the Lord, and we just, we just sensed the Lord is wanting us to re-up on the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in our lives here at Christ Fellowship. Okay, that's a big piece. But then what the Holy Spirit does is that He sends us out. He anoints us and gives us grace to be fulled and filled and, and empowered to go, to make a difference, to cross boundaries, we're going to be talking about some of that. And so, uh, very important. When we started Christ Fellowship uh, uh, many years ago, right? Many years ago, one of the breakthroughs that we had just there in the, in the early days, I, I can remember it you know, like it was yesterday, but I, I remember we were all sitting around and we said, what if we started thinking like missionaries? And why that was so helpful is because, you know, uh, we had certain kind of, uh, boundaries. We had certain kind of boxes that we'd all grown up in, different backgrounds, traditions, things we grew up that were just the way we did it, you know? And I had some of those, you know, I, there was the, uh, for those who don't know my whole testimony, it was kind of church, 
Then it was not church, kind of drugs and rock and roll deal. And then I really found Jesus, or rather, he found me. And, uh, but this question, though, it, it, what if we were missionaries? It enabled me to get out of some of the, think, the ways of thinking from the past. And, and what it did was, it got me th- to thinking, what about the people that I'm trying to reach? What should we do with this good news about Jesus, His love, life, peace, grace, all that He has and is and wants to bring to humanity? What do I need to do? How do I need to think differently in order to reach people that, that don't look like me or don't have the same background as me and all that kind of stuff? And so, whether it's India or, you know, Bhutan or, you know, just all the different places that are, you know, represented. We've got missionaries in the room right now. It's just you can't not think about the people that you're trying to reach and how that helps you to change. And uh, so it's a big deal. We want to share good news with our city and with the nation and the nations. And and you may be coming in here. I, I don't know everybody. And so you may be visiting with us today. And, and part of the deal is like, wow, you know, I Oh, there's like missionary talk and mission, <laughs> missions people all over the place. And, and I just had a hard week and I just want some encouragement. I want to say I've got good news for you if you want some encouragement because it's like when we start understanding the Lord's heart for us, what we start hearing over and over again is how He does want to bring His life and love and grace and peace and hope into the hard situations that all of us are walking through. Okay, so... You're either there, or you have been, or you will be. <laughs> Is that encouraging? <laughs> but we need encouragement, man. We all need it. I, I need it. It's just, you feel like you've got an encouraging thing for me? Green light. Seriously, green light, you know? I mean, we all need encouragement. So, um, we are a product, all of us, of, of somebody... Um, they may not have said it like I'm, I'm being a missionary, but, you know, missionaries, they, they cross boundaries. They, they, they go, and sometimes it's awkward or it's uncomfortable to cross that boundary. But we're here, most of us are here because somebody went across the street or somebody reached out to you when you were hurting and prayed for you or brought the healing word of the gospel to you. And that's just, that's just how it works. God is a missionary God. That's what God's like. Think about it. The Father sends the Son. The Father sends the Spirit. The Son, the son says, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go. So there's this sending and this going thing. And so for us to be like that, it's to be like God. It's to be shaped and formed more to be like His image you know, of the missionary God that He is. The boundary-crossing God that He is. And I just want to take the pressure off right now by saying you don't have to be a super Christian. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it all figured out. You know, you have been saved by grace. You've been saved by grace. It's like somebody who couldn't do anything for themselves was given everything, telling other people that need this good news, hey, this is is where you go to get this help. It's like beggars telling other beggars where to get some food. Or to find water. Make sense? So that just kind of takes the pressure off. I was trying to think of a couple storylines that would help illustrate this. And uh, there's this movie from, uh, and I know we've got some of the younger crowd in here in this service in particular, 
But there was this movie that came out in 1986. It's like a punchline, isn't it? <laughs> 1986, called The Mission. Anybody ever see that movie, The Mission? And, and uh, so it's like, like what? If they, they're literally talking to each other. I don't know. So um, basically, I'm going to go just, I'm not going to do the whole movie, but just it's this, these Jesuit priests are in South America somewhere. They're trying to reach like a hill tribe kind of deal, these Indians, and uh, just up in the middle of the rainforest and all that. And it's this wild story of the convergence of a bunch of lives because of the mission of God. And you've got the priests that are being transformed in that whole process. You've got the, the Indians that are being transformed in that whole process. You've got the, the European settlers who are taking advantage of people, slave traders. Robert De Niro kind of plays this guy where he, he kills his brother and then finds the grace of God. Jeremy Irons leads him, whatever the guy's name is in the movie, uh, leads him to the Lord, you know, and he finds forgiveness and freedom from just, and there's some just unbelievably beautiful depictions of forgiveness in a movie. Um, another one, uh, just a, a mission kind of thing. Kim and I went and saw, it's hard for us to get to do a movie, so it just seems like it, but we went and saw, on Friday, we went and saw Selma. And let me just say to quick caveat parentheses on movies. Um, just because I feel like I need to say this. If you feel like that watching The Mission or Selma is going to be too offensive for you, then don't go see it. I'm just doing this because I've found that I need to like do a caveat on movie recommendations. Inevitably, not everybody agrees with everything I might have Romans 14 freedom to watch. You know? <laughs> but, but uh, so... If you go see it, fine. If you don't go see it, fine. Don't come talk to me about it if you do and you didn't like it. <laughs> With a smile. <laughs> I led somebody to the Lord one time, and literally, and our neighbors, and uh, I had just mentioned Lord of the Rings. It had just come out, you know, and then she came, I just couldn't believe it. These orcs are there. Oh, and Jamie Miller told me to go see it. <laughs> Like, it's going to be okay, man. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Be free, you know. But this movie, though, was, it was powerful. We cried through, you know, just a big chunk of it, man, and just and fighting tears when I wasn't crying, you know. And there's something powerful and evocative about somebody like Martin Luther King Jr. and what all he did and what his life was about, and how he lived out an expression of the gospel that's, you know, we only think it's historic right now. It's going to only be more historic as time goes on. It's life change. It's just, wow. You know, and I just, I, it gives me chills thinking about it, but there's this one scene where they're on that bridge, you know, the Selma March, and going to Montgomery, and and there's this kind of a standoff, and they, they the, the guys back up, and Instead of walking forward, and there was some controversy about this, but instead of walking forward, it was like the Lord told him to just kneel. And he kneels. You could tell. He's just thinking, and everybody's watching him, and he just kneels. And I mean, the presence of God in the, in, the, in the theater was intense. I was just losing it. You know, but I just, this sense of mission. That's why I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, the guy's got a mission, the guy's got focus, the guy 
the, the brother changed the world. You know? And so, you know, what we're called to do in following Jesus, you know, it may not be that, that, that big or that culturally significant at any time, but it's, it's, it's a big deal. Following Jesus into the mission and the power of the Spirit is always going to be a big deal. I think that's what made what He did so powerful. Following Jesus into the mission with love in His heart, proclaiming a message of love and nonviolence. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a fan. So, you know, it's going to look different in different places and we may not use the same words in our different situations, but it's almost always going to, just, it's going to be about love and there's going to be sacrifice. To do the mission, there's going to be sacrifice. We don't always want to hear that. We want to hear like, hey, I want the, I want the happy, the, you know, the happy version. And I, I'm starting, trying to figure this two-service thing out because am I being disingenuous if I tell the same story that was kind of I was thinking about last time? So Laura Ingalls Wilder, guys, there's this show that came on. I'm just talking to you guys for a little bit. There's this show that came on back in the 70s, and it's called Little House on the Prairie, and it would start with this little girl running down through the fields, you know, and I'm, I'm masculine, I'm not feminine, but for some reason that picture always comes up in my mind about free, carefree, no cares, that, that whole deal. And that's not the way life is in following Jesus. It's that way some, but it's not that way all the time. You know, it's not just... And I'm still thinking the theme song from the Waltons right now. Somebody know the theme song from Little House on the Prairie? I'm just going... da 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 That's not it. So stop it. Yeah. So, close enough. But there's love, sacrifice, giving, laying down our lives, because it's the cross. You know, Jesus resolutely, set, Luke 9.51, set His eyes on Jerusalem. You know, He's focused on the cross. And following Him, it always, you know, I, there's, that's just a piece of it. So let's talk about the mission here a little bit. And I'll do it this way. The main thing is this. Today, the same Spirit that led Jesus into His mission now calls us to proclaim favor and good news to our city and beyond. So let's talk about this this morning. Uh, the first thing here, we need to see the work of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus, He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, He's anointed me. So Jesus is, He has the anointing from God, but He is the anointed one. And so what does the Spirit do? If you look at chapter 3 and 4 of Luke, there's some pretty dramatic things that we can also probably expect to happen in our lives. The baptism of Jesus, where the Spirit comes on Jesus and the Father says, You are my beloved Son, and with you I am well pleased. We all need that experience. That, there's an experience of that. It's not just, I know those facts, God loves me because I'm in Christ. I know those... It's, not, it's, it's more than rote... I'm just saying what I know. There's an experience of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Spirit does. He makes things real to us. So that if I said, Joel, you, you can't believe that, man, just that, all that stuff about God loving you. And, and he's like, no, I can't be shaken. I, you, but can you really be assured of your salvation? And know, no, I can't be shaken because I've had an experience of the Holy Spirit in my life. Okay, it goes beyond just knowing facts. Does that make sense? So, 
the baptism, and then the temptation. Jesus is led out into the desert and there by the Holy Spirit, and there he's tempted by the devil. So, anybody ever had that kind of experience where you know you're probably think you're following the Lord, but you get out, it's not like you're not running through the fields. It's actually hard. You know, it's a desert kind of place, and you're having to you're having to fight. You're having to war, as uh, Mayor said in our life group the other night. I, sometimes I have to war for peace and rest. Like, having to fight for it. You know, and then he's led by the Spirit, you know, in the power of the Spirit, it says, to the, the synagogue there in Nazareth. Uh, Nazareth. So, you get some kind of, just mention these three pictures here. One is Jesus is on the mission of God. That's clear from this. He's on the mission Jesus is empowered by the Spirit of God. And Jesus Himself is the revelation of God. And as we go through Luke, just looking at a few snapshots through Luke, what you see is Jesus revealing God in a way that isn't always what we think God should look like, and yet this is who our God is. He is revealed in Jesus Christ over and over again. You can you know, do, do the word search there. Let me just kind of put this in perspective, the big picture here of what's going on with Jesus when he steps into... Put that slide up, if you would. Okay, so this is another way of just illustrating the big picture. Sometimes I'll do the creation to new creation, kind of the arc thing for telling the story. This is another way of kind of just encapsulating the story, and it, it not all the way back to creation, but the promise to Abraham is what? Through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Incredible promise, right? So you'd think that, the, that these, uh, these people, these, these Jewish people, would just naturally just kind of want to be a blessing to the, to the world. God gives them the law, and that marks them out even more as His people. But what happens is, instead of being able to do it or to live in it or to share it and be light and life to the world, they end up holding on to it and also proving that they themselves could not do it in a right way themselves. And so, instead of being, as the kings and the prophets come, instead of being light to the nations, like Isaiah 42 and 49 says, and bringing freedom to the nations, instead, they themselves are very much just like all of us. You know, one famous rabbi said, the Jews are just like everyone else, only more so. Just, it's, it's, it's humanity. It's a humanity issue. It's not Jew or not, not Jew, it's a humanity issue. And so, this thing just narrows down, if you can imagine this, it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. Even the Jews, when they are exiled from the land, they get to, right before Jesus comes, they get back into the land, but it's like they're not really back in the land. It's like they're still in exile because they're still under the thumb of the Romans, right? And so... This thing gets narrowed down, narrowed down. It's not working until Jesus comes. And in His incarnation, God coming into the flesh, His life and ministry that we're reflecting on now, His death on behalf of humanity, His resurrection on behalf of humanity, and His ascension to the right hand of God where He sits now, bringing us seated with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, so now it's not just the Jewish people, but it's Jew and Gentile. It's all nations, all ethnic groups in Jesus Christ. Now we get to express what God wanted to express. In Jesus, light 
for the nations. In Jesus, freedom for the nations. In Jesus, freedom for the captives and those in bondage. Does that make sense? So that's, that's where we find ourselves. That's what's going on in the story. So Jesus steps into the synagogue and he reads this little passage which is from Isaiah. So here's the way the synagogue worked. You had the Torah reading, which is Genesis, first five books of the, of the Bible. I got tongue-tied there. Genesis through Deuteronomy. I still tongue-tied. Somebody pray for me. Um, so the, you got the Torah, and then you got the Haftarah, which sounds like half Torah, but it's not. It's Haftarah. So you got the Torah, first five books. You've got the Haftarah. So this is the prof- uh, this would be a, a reading from the prophets who were uh, talking about how the Israelites were going to be set free from oppression. That's important to remember in this story. So Torah, Haftarah, which is from the prophets, like this reading is from the prophets talking about the Israelites being set free. And then following the Haftarah, there is a blessing spoken. So Jesus steps into the synagogue. You've got the Torah reading. He picks it up on the Haftarah reading. And he says all of this. Spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me. And then he's, he's going to speak the blessing. They're waiting for him to speak the blessing. And he says something. It's a blessing. It's just unbelievably radical. He sits down and says, Today, can you imagine? Today, this famous passage from Isaiah... It's fulfilled in your hearing. This longing, this, this longing that's been in their hearts. The Lord's going to set us free. The Lord's going to set us free. And he's saying, and I'm the one that's going to do it. It's happened. It's here. It's now. And I just, I mean, like, whoa. whoa. That's, that's intense. You know, and uh, just thinking about it. That blessing is... It is a blessing. Today, this scripture is fulfilled. The longing of all the prophets is fulfilled in the hearing of me being here in the synagogue and reading this, me coming to earth. And so, we are promised the Spirit. The Spirit that leads Jesus to do these things, to do this ministry. We're promised this. And it's very important that this promise, that the Spirit is promised and poured out to us. Imagine if Jesus had just stayed alive in his resurrected body on the earth and hadn't poured out the Spirit. I mean, I'd want to see Jesus, wouldn't you? We'd all want to see Jesus, but he'd be in Jerusalem or Paris or you know wherever he was at at the time, and everybody would be trying to get there. But he poured out his Spirit, praise the Lord. It's good news, so that we can know experientially this, you know, this Savior, Jesus, and the Spirit gives and takes, takes from what is Jesus and makes it known to us. So, pretty awesome. So, the work of the Spirit. There's so much more to say, but I'm going to move on. The second piece. The work of the Spirit. Second piece. We need to see the mission to proclaim the Lord's favor. Favor means approval. It means acceptance. It means kindness. You know, I show favor to someone if there's a favor spoken. Or blessing. All that. The year of the Lord's blessing. The year of the Lord's acceptance. The year of the Lord's approval. All of that Jesus is enacting on behalf of humanity. That's why He comes. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son so that we could have life and not perish, not be separated from Him forever. So He does that. And it's good, good, good news. 
let's go back, and because a lot of times when you read a passage that's being quoted in the Old Testament, it's referring to the whole thing. So let's go back to Isaiah chapter 61 and just get a feel for what's going on there in 61. And really, it's not even just 61, but 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, you know, as it talks about new heavens and new earth. All that Jesus is bringing, the kingdom, the reign, all of that. The Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of, the, of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn, who grieve in Zion with a crown of beauty. Instead of ashes, gladness instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. There'll be oaks of righteousness for the display of the splendor of God. And they're going to rebuild the ancient cities and renew the ruined cities, places that have been devastated. That's part of, you know, when we start getting into an understanding that, I mean, that is a Martin Luther King thing. I mean, talk about just stuff that was just broken and messed up and him coming and it's not we're not done you know but i mean he's in line with this the lord loves justice it says there in verse eight um and i I didn't want to skip over uh, let's see uh yeah right there the lord loves justice and he says he's the promise is he's going to make an everlasting covenant with with the people through his messiah through jesus and so we're going to be like a bride down in verse 10, the end of verse 10, who adorns herself. And at the end of verse 11, the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. So uh, I'm not going through that in detail. I'm just trying to say all of that is being pointed to when Jesus reads this passage. All of that's the freedom that he's uh, wanting to bring. And so then what does it look like after Luke chapter 4? You get a picture of what does... Good news to the poor, proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recover your sight to the blind, release the oppressed, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What does that stuff look like? Well, if you were to just take Luke, if you've got a Bible um, or a uh, you know electronic device, whatever you're looking at, um, you could just kind of take the the headings for each of these little paragraphs, and you could start to quickly see what Jesus is about, what the kingdom is about, what bringing the reign of God into people's lives is about what it looks like. It looks like evil spirits being uh, you know, uh, driven out of people there at the end of chapter 4. It looks like Jesus healing people. Chapter 5, it looks like Jesus calling disciples to follow Him in this mission. It looks like healing people with leprosy, healing the paralytic, forgiving sins, you know, proclaiming forgiveness of sins. It looks like Jesus going to a party with tax collectors. It looks like uh, just Jesus being questioned about religious stuff by the, by the hyper-religious people that are being self-righteous and trying to point fingers at Jesus for not doing everything exactly like the way they do it. Um, it looks like Jesus choosing more followers again. It looks like messages like love your enemies and don't judge people. You know, is this, this is what the kingdom is. This is the kingdom of God. He goes on. It, it looks like um, uh, Gentiles having faith that impresses him. It looks like raising uh, the widow's son from the dead. You know, just can you remember what it was like before Jesus? What your life was like before Jesus? You know, some of you guys have crazy testimonies. You know, and, and you can remember what it's like to be dead and to find life. To be in darkness 
and to find light. To be just, I can't see a thing. I can't hear. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. And then to see Jesus and everything be changed. You know, so even the people that are close to Jesus, you know, they're, it's not necessary. John the Baptist, he's in, is, is this right? Should, I, should it be this hard? Should I be in prison? Should things be as hard as they are right now for me? Because I, I signed up to follow Jesus and I, I thought, hey, it's going to be good when I'm doing this. And it is good. It's the best life. But it's not necessarily always easy. Can you hear that? You know, it's, it's just, it's not. Sometimes there's, there's sufferings that we go through. I mean, if, if things are moving forward, somebody's laying down their lives. Just, that's, that's been my experience, you know. And if I run from it, it all it just it kind of hinders things around me, rather than running with the Lord, you know, into what He has for me. Don't shout me down just because I'm talking about serious stuff. Jesus anointed by the sinful woman. Who are Jesus' mothers, mother and brothers? It's the people that are following Him. Calming storms, healing demon-possessed people, another dead girl raised. More sick people, healed. People fed, the 5,000. Peter's confession of Christ. I'd so relate to that. You know, the part where he's like confessing and then the next minute he's like, get behind me, Satan. You know, because I'm, I'm broken and I don't do it just right all the time. Anybody relate to that? Just praise God for the grace of God. But I'm committed to, you know, if I stumble or I fall in a ditch to let somebody help me up and to keep going on this road of, of walking with Jesus. I want to be about that. I mean, we could go on. He sends out the 72. The, the point there is just this is, what, this is what the kingdom looks like. This is what the kingdom of God uh, looks like. It, it, begins, it begins in this proclamation of the message and it starts to be lived out in Jesus and it, God wants it to be lived out in us. And the way we move through the world around us. So how do we move forward with this? I'll just wrap this up. How do we move forward? What does this mean for us today? And what I want to say is, people want to hear good news. People want to hear good news. And we've got good news. And people want to hear that God is for them. Well, you know, judgment is warned. You know, for all of us. But the good news is that Jesus, when we were enemies, when we could do nothing 2,000 years ago, when none of us could do anything about it, He came and made things right. And that's great news. Jesus Christ has... I can't, I can't do it, but I can say yes to what Jesus has done. You know, and that's, that's that proclamation that Jesus is so good. God is so good. He is for us. Life away from God stinks. Tweet that. (laughs) And life in Jesus is where life is. Because He's the author of life. He made us for life. He made us for life abundant. You know? And the news of favor is that God gives His blessing to you when you can do nothing. He gives His grace to you. He gives His love to you. His life to you. 
He died for you to make things right. And so it's good news to the demonized. It's good news to the sick. It's good news to the, the people that are paralyzed physically, paralyzed emotionally, paralyzed in life. People that are just struck down with anxiety and fears and oppressed by the enemy in so many different ways. It's good news for the hungry. It's good news for disciples that don't have it all together. And it's just good to just, it's good to say it from time to time. I don't have it all together. And it's a ditch thinking that I, I'll be in the ditch quicker than anything. If I, if I think that I can kind of live that way. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's good news. Man. It's just so good. Yesterday, uh, Kenny Dalton and I were, we had a little outreach thing here. We were, and it, was, it was great. You know, we had about 30 plus people show up over here at the venue. And, and uh, we've got this realigned financial class coming up. And we were just inviting some of the people from the neighborhood to come. And, and so we were out and and uh, knocking on a few doors, uh, had to overcome a little bit of anxiety to step across that boundary, you know, of doing that. But the first door that we, uh, we, we, we went to, there was a guy there, and uh, it was really cool because he, he said, yeah, that church down there, I, I, I'm familiar with the Christ Fellowship. He said, my kids went to art camp there last summer. I haven't been to the church, but I, it just seemed like a pretty cool deal, and the kids, they liked it a lot. You know, and uh, so he was positive about the the realign thing, and and uh, and I said, well, hey, we're about to take off, but is there? Can we pray for you? Is there any you know prayer need you might have right now? And he just looked at me, and tears started welling up in his eyes. He said, I can't believe you're asking me that. He said, I just found out yesterday about my dad getting this bad bad diagnosis, and uh, he said, I, I've only got one dad. You know, and so. We, we prayed, prayed for him, and I prayed, Kenny prayed. I mean, just he was in tears. It was, it was a little bit awkward at the end because he just he felt so, he said, thank you, you know, and, and went in with tears running down his face. And, and, uh, but powerful, you know, and I'm just, it's, it's good news to the hurting. I don't, I mean, may the Lord, I, I'd love for, the, I remember his name, you know, I'd love for, to see him and just for him to keep learning more about Jesus, you know, but, but it's good news for the hurting. We've got good news. The power of God is good news for hurting people that need healing in their lives, whether it's physical like that or emotional like that. You know, it's, it's good news. John finishes his Gospel and he says, and it's a similar kind of thing, where Jesus comes to the disciples after the resurrection and he says, uh, he says, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. So here we are, we're disciples that have been included in Christ, in Him. All that in Him and in Christ stuff in the New Testament, it's really kind of the big trajectory of the New Testament, is that we are included in Jesus Christ. You know, in His faithfulness and believing and trusting in Him. It's, it's awesome. It's the best life there is. But part of that, being included in Him, means that we get to share in His mission. It's not like something, you know, uh, how do I say this? You know, it's not like uh, this mission thing. It's not like for 
401, it's not like a senior level class in college. It's not a 601, 701 graduate, master's, doctorate kind of thing. It's just when we're included in Christ, we're made to be a part of His people. And this people in Christ, because it's, it's Jesus, His body, His people, we have this mission. And I don't opt in or opt out of this. I'm in this, we're in this together. I, I don't I could say, I'm going to do this or I'm not. I may choose not to, but it's still our mandate. And we serve in lots of different ways. We have all different kinds of gifts and talents that we bring. And some people support people that go. And some people realize, wake up, that we're called to even just walk across the street. You know, walk across the room and just smile. Find some joy in Jesus and share that with some others. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's all of that. You know, God is a missionary God, and He's calling us to be a missionary people. We're not trying to be uh, super Christians. I think I said that, but we're not trying to do that. We're sinners saved by the grace of a loving, good God. Okay? But following Jesus, it's not always easy. And there will be boundaries that He's calling us to cross, crossing boundaries, reaching out to the other and reaching out to the others. But He's made us to be this, this people together. I, it's interesting. I think sometimes if we were to really go around the room and find out what everybody's just real kind of personal interests are, you might take all of that and go, how in the world did this group of people end up together? Right? Because why we're here isn't because of all of that. Now, there's some of you guys I can talk about the Cowboys with or the Mavericks, and I'm a real human being. And so, uh, it's part of our culture, you know, like some of those things. But that's not why I'm here, you know. And whether somebody's into that or not into that, that's not why we're here. We're here because we share His life together. And whether we've got different economic backgrounds, different racial backgrounds, different things, He's made us to be one people in Him. Jew, Gentile, it just means nations, all the nations together. The walls are down. We're one new people and Him. Right? So, let's just respond to the Lord a little bit today. And this is just, let it be good news. The good news about the Holy Spirit and the good news about proclaiming freedom, favor, acceptance, blessing, the year of the Lord's favor.